Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Sievert. And on this episode, we're going to be looking into the disappearance of Madeline Murray O'Hare. Who? You don't know who she is? I thought you were about to say Madeline McCann. I was like, oh. we did this one. <laughs> we didn't. But Madeline McCann? Mm-hmm. We never covered her. She's just a well-known case. Oh. But I can't believe you don't know. What was the name? Say it again. Madeline Murray O'Hare. Uh, I did. Uh, I listened to the podcast, The Disappearance of Melissa Murray. Okay. Or Maura Murray. Maura Murray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm surprised you don't know her. Why? She's America's best-known atheist. Why, why would Responsible I Responsible for abolishing prayer in public schools. And she disappeared? Mm-hmm. Oh. No. In 1995, she mysteriously disappeared along with her son, John, and granddaughter, Robin. Interesting. I'm Did- just saying, I feel like you are also a well-known atheist. <laughs> I think I'm atheist bordering agnostic at times. I think I'm more agnostic mm. than atheist. Yeah? I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So, Madeline was often called the most hated woman in America, which, like, are we surprised? Americans hate people who hate Christ. I mean, just because there's uh, Catholics are the largest religion, I don't, there's more people that identify as atheist or um, agnostic than any other religious group in the country. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Catholics are just so loud. Mm, and evangelicals. That's what I was going to say. Not just Catholics. Christians are so loud. Yeah. Annoying. She was an avowed atheist who, like I said, opposed prayer in public schools. She took the case all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Good. She founded the American Atheist Group and also published a magazine preaching the gospel of strict separation of church and state. I always like that um, commercial. You ever see that? It's usually on during like political debates and election season. It's Ronald Reagan Jr., and he's like he's the spokesperson for the National Organization of Atheists. Oh, really? Yeah. And then at the end, he says, "Ronald Reagan, not afraid of burning in hell." Stop. <laughs> I don't, want that on a T-shirt. It always cracks me. That's up. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She also wrote articles for Hustler magazine. Oh, she's girl. my kind of girl. You know? Hell yeah. They said she was notorious for speaking her mind, and people find her difficult to work with. Which I feel like that's how everyone at work would describe me. So honestly, you just told me that people called you a joy to work with, that you bring joy to an office. They don't know me. That was at a conference. (laughs) They knew conference, Sam. (laughs) Madeline loves cursing and she loved screaming at people. And then in August of 1995, 77-year-old Madeline, her 40-year-old son, John, and 30-year-old granddaughter, Robin, left Austin, Texas without saying a word to anyone. Really? The staff of the American Atheist Association came into work to find a note on the door that said that the Murray O'Hare family had been called out of town on an emergency basis, and they didn't know when they would return. Huh. Isn't that strange? They've been whacked. Yeah. John's Mercedes was gone, and Robin's Porsche was, Porsche was also missing. But their pa- I mean, for atheists, not doing too bad. Well. But their passports were left behind, along with Madeline's diabetes medicine and her three dogs. 
So a lot of people were like, listen, Madeline really hated most people, but she loved her dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no way she would leave them behind or her diabetes medication. Yeah. Like she needed that to live. That's just some expensive shit. Right? Insulin. So the staff started making phone calls because this was bizarre. And when they called her son, John, Madeline answered. (gasps) But she refused to say where she was or what was going on. The board, rem- the board members said the calls were short and strained, and it seemed like she was under some kind of duress. The board members were like, what the fuck is going on? But Madeline and John said that everything was fine, and the board chose to believe it. But then about a month later, they both just stopped answering their calls. Really? So, like, this was going on for a while. But the business had to move on, and board members stepped up in Madeline's absence to run the organization. And that's when they started to notice some strange happenings. Like what? Since Madeline's disappearance, there was over $600,000 missing from the organization's bank account. Madeline, where's the money? So now there was three people gone and a huge amount of money missing all at the same time. A reporter from Express News in San Antonio, Texas, started to cover this disappearance. He said so far, no one had reported the three missing. And it wasn't until a year later that Bill Murray, Madeline's estranged son, reported a missing persons report on Madeline. I have to get this in because I'll forget to bring it up for (laughs) chit-chat. Bill Murray and Khalees are dating. Bring my milkshake to the boys, Khalees. My milkshake. And Bill Murray? Yeah. I just saw it. Like Bill Murray from Caddyshack? Yeah. You're lying. I swear to God. Isn't okay, that if that doesn't scream gold digger. <laughs> Why? She's got money. Yeah, that's true. How much, though? She had one hit. So? She's still got money. I, I think it's You love. think it's for love? Yeah. You think it's for love? Listen, a man with a good sense of humor can get I mean, pretty much true. any girl I mean, ain't that the truth? It is ain't the truth. Ain't that the truth? Oof. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> I was just thinking about all the men that got me. <laughs> and I'm like, think about it. He's 77, I think. Like, she gets married. This is what I'm how, saying. Like, she's clearly <laughs> doing this. It's not clearly doing it. Her milkshake brings all the granddaddies to the yard, too, apparently. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. It is an interesting choice. I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, anyways, Madeline's estranged son reported Madeline is saying, you know that perked me right up. Because when I hear a strange son, yeah. like, I want to know what's going on. What is on. the tea, What is the tea, sis? So, Bill and Madeline had a rough relationship in nine. 19- had a rough relationship. In 1980, on Mother's Day, <gasps> Bill told Madeline that he had embraced Christianity. Wow. He even went public and wrote a book called My Life Without God and made a film attacking his mother's beliefs. Like, that, if that happened now, what a great reality show that That's would what be. I mean, right? Like, he really leaned into Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He said that he was a puppet and a spy for the cause of atheism. He said that Madeline would make him record and count each time school made him engage in public prayer or any, type, any other type of religious activities. So Madeline immediately disowned him, and he never talked to his mother, John, or Robin again. See, now here's where I think that that's problematic. Like, disowning him for being religious? Right. Like, I do think that's a little That's like the inverse of disowning someone for being gay or... Okay, but like, okay, right. But on the flip side, if like I was in... If I was gay... 
and my family was super religious and they didn't accept me, I would disown them. Right. So like. Well, yeah, but just because someone's a Christian doesn't make them a hateful person. That's what I'm saying. I get it, but I guess. It sounds like just because he went against their <laughs> beliefs that that's why. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just. Guessing. You know, I would be Madeline. You know, I would. Absolutely. Be. So like, You'd that's be like, why. Get out. Yeah, exactly. Get out. So I. <laughs> we are not praying before Christmas dinner. We're, you know what? Fuck that. We're not having Christmas dinner. <laughs> he had no idea if his family had disappeared, if or if it was foul play, or if they had just stolen the money and fled. So it's been a full year since the three of them had disappeared. McCormick, who is the reporter for that newspaper, had started really digging into this case and started tracking John's cell phone records. It showed that John had been living in San Antonio, Texas before or after his disappearance, but many of the 200 calls were a little suspicious. Really? He had been calling airlines, financial institutions, jewelry stores, one of which was on Fredericks Road in San Antonio. The store owner said that John Murray had come in and purchased $600,000 worth of gold coins using oh, cash. Isn't that so coincidental? it looks like he did have the money. Johnny. Also, how heavy would that be? Man, that'd be heavy. Right? Shit. Bill claims that after he filed the missing persons report on his mother, that Austin police showed little interest in helping. He claims there was no investigation whatsoever by the police, that it was a total joke to them. It may have been based on the belief that the three of them had stolen the money and fled, so they were not missing. This was an internal matter. Mm. But, like, here's the thing. Even if they didn't disappear, wouldn't the police want to find the people who stole the $600,000? You Like, think. how is that an internal issue? Like, I just watched a TikTok of the police arresting a girl for taking $25,000 from her employee, like, three to $400 at a time, and the police aren't going to arrest these people? Yeah. Or try to find them? Interesting. And, like, maybe they're thinking, well, they're already gone. They had $600,000. But, like, now they have $600,000 in gold coins. And it just shows. How are they getting around with that? Continues to show the persecution of non-Christians in America. (laughs) Also, do normal businesses take gold coins? Like, why would they get $600,000 in gold coins? I know. Where are they spending it? I know. Like, could you imagine, like, you were... Like, going to Starbucks and just paying in gold coins? <laughs> I'm working at Gigi's and somebody just hands me $100 with a gold. All Do you right. have to take it, though? Because it is currency, right? It's legal right? tender. I don't know. I have so many questions about this. It is weird. Yeah. So then we get a little bit of answers on the money. John sold his Mercedes for $15,000 to Mark Sparrow. How old was it at the time? Unknown. All right. Mark said that John had identified himself with his full name. But when showed a picture of John Murray, Mark was like, that is not the man who sold me that car. Really? Oh, my God. So after reviewing mugshot photos, he identified the impersonator. It was another missing person. <gasps> An ex-convict named Danny Fry. Interesting. Okay, but I have questions. What? Where do police get these photos for people to look through? How do they know that Danny would be involved? Do they just pick random photos to show people? And, like, you know how they do lineups at police stations? Yeah. Do they just pick random other convicts to be involved? Yeah, I don't know how that Like, are you just pulled from your cell to be put into a lineup? And then I'd be scared to death. Like, what if they accidentally chose me and it was not even me? Well, if they know that it's not you and you're chosen, that's fine. But do you get, like, out of extra 
prison work if you agree to be in a lineup? I don't think they're all necessarily convicts. They're just randoms off the street. Do you think yeah. they get paid? I wonder. Huh. I mean, when they show it on the SVU, it's not always convicts. It's It could be just the kid working the mailroom. Really? I mean, that's what they show on SVU. Oh. But then, like, my thing is, is so when they showed them pictures of different people's mugshots, why would they include Danny Fries? They had to have known that. They had to have suspicion of him being involved, right? Well, did he look like the guy? Maybe that's why. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I just find it weird that they would just have his randomly in there and the guy recognized yeah, him. Yeah, that is weird. You know? Any hoosies. I have a lot of questions, this script. It's, it's, it's a lot. A bit suspicious, <laughs> if you ask me. So Danny Fry's family told the police that Danny had been working with another ex-convict, David Waters. Interesting. David Waters had once worked for Madeline O'Hare. Really? And they had a falling out. In 1993, David was hired as the office manager for Madeline. But within a few months, she fired him and claims that he stole over $50,000 from the American Atheist Association. In a few months? In a few months. Jesus. He was charged with theft, and it says that he accepted a plea agreement and paid the money back. So I guess he did take it. Like wow. He's not even saying. Because she had said. He didn't even dispute that he, he didn't it. dispute it. But he did, adjo- he did avoid jail time. And Madeline was pissed that he was allowed to go free. But, like, he also paid it back. Yeah. So this is where I start to, she starts to go off the deep end for me. Madeline? Yeah. She All starts right. to get a little crazy. So she's pissed, right? Yeah. That he was allowed to go free. She writes an article in, um, in Hustler Magazine exposing him as a thief. And this is the part that really made me raise an eyebrow. What? Also in the article, she implied that he had a prior homosexual relationships while in jail for a prior sentence for assault. So, like, why did what, she yeah. include that? Well, back in the 90s, that was Right, a that's deal. what I mean. She's trying to slander like, that's good. that's petty. That is petty. I don't think I could ever out someone like that. Like, that's wild. Madeline? When David saw the article, he lost it. And his friends claim he said that he was going to get revenge. So the reporter called David Waters and straight up asked him if he had anything to do with the disappearance. Could you imagine just calling him and be like, hey, hey qu- quick question. Did you kidnap this bitch? You didn't hear from me, but suspicion is. Word on the street. <laughs> and he said he had nothing to do with it, but the reporter didn't believe him. So McCor- McCormick, the reporter, discovered that Danny Fry, David Waters, and another ex-convict, Gary Carr, were all working together in Austin, Texas, around the time the O'Hares disappeared. And then. Then what? And then. And then what? Around the time that these three men were working together, a headless, handless, male torso was discovered in the Dallas River. Was it with Melissa Caddick's foot? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. (laughs) But it took the police three years to try to determine who this person was. They had no fingerprints. They had no dental records. And they had no missing person records that matched this disappearance. But McCormick had a hunch that this was connected to the O'Hare's. A forensic anthropologist estimated that this came from a man who was 35 to 45 years in age with a stocky build and a lot of chest hair. Like All right. also me. <laughs> 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 
This description didn't fit Madeline's, um, or didn't fit John, but McCormick had a different hunch, which, like, I don't know why he would think this, but he thinks that this body might be Danny Fry's, the guy who impersonated oh. John to sell the car. But, like, he just had, like, a hunch, which is kind of weird to me, but whatever. So forensic scientists used DNA from Danny's brother to compare it to the blood DNA on the torso. And? It was a match. Really? So the dead man in the river was was Danny Danny Fry. Fry. But, like, how did he have this hunch? Like, that's so strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. But this was a big development. And now local, state, and federal law enforcement wanted to join the investigation. And then an even bigger development. What? When David Waters' girlfriend, Patty Steffen, read about Danny Fry's murder, she called the FBI. Okay. What did she tell them? She wanted to tell them small bits and pieces, but she was terrified. But she gave investigators an important lead. Three years earlier, David Waters rented a storage unit around the time the O'Hares disappeared. And he had gone out there once, because she remembered, with this big spray canister. And lab tests and lab tests on the canister revealed that it contained bleach. What was he trying to clean up? Blood from the storage unit. With a search warrant, they find they found like the smallest, tiniest red stain under a piece of aluminum on the wall in the storage unit. It was so small it was almost invisible. But with blood from Madeline's son Bill for comparison, it showed that it was a mixture of two people: Madeline O'Hare and John. Mm. That was enough for them to be able to get a search warrant to search Waters' apartment. And in there was documents of the O'Hares that was dated after David Waters had been fired from the organization. Mr. Waters, a prior convicted felon, was also not allowed to have guns or ammunition. And guess what he had? Guns and ammunition. Tons of guns and tons of ammunition. What do you expect? It's Texas. Texas. (laughs) They found books from Madeline's private library and a bone saw. A bone saw? Mm-hmm. Sir, what do you have a bone what saw What do you have for? a bone saw for? Unless you're a mortician or and, a yeah. coroner. Why do you have a bone saw? You creep. Or a hunter? Maybe if you're a hunter. Oh. Uh, you know? All right. All right. It is Texas. It is Texas. <laughs> the FBI confronted David Waters with the forensic and physical evidence and about... Five and a half years after the O'Hares disappeared, David led them to the remote burial site of the body. <gasps> really? The forensic anthropologist got to work unveiling the bones in the area. After 21 hours of excavation, three adult bodies were uncovered. In each case, the legs had been cut off. In one of the bodies, the hair was still pretty much intact. There were remnants of clothes, but none intact. As the remains were unearthed, they came across the metal plate of an artificial hip. Madeline had hip replacement surgery, and the serial number on that matched the number on the hip in the grave. Um, the dental records were also a direct match. Do you think, like, we just keep saying, well, it is Texas. Do you think that they say that about New York? Well, it is New York. I think they say about a lot of places. Yeah? Yeah. Like, well, it is the South for, like, Georgia, Louisiana. Right, well, right. it is Florida. Alabama. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know? But I don't think you ever really hear, well, it is California. Or like, well, it is Delaware. Yeah. Like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just wondering. The dental record. Oh, yeah. We're also direct match. But like, why would they go after the daughter Robin? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, that is weird. Why kill all of them? 
It looked like blunt trauma had been done to John, but for Madeline and Robin, it could not be determined by the bones. The heads were covered in plastic, so it was assumed that they were asphyxiated. But the story doesn't stop there. Where else could it go? They're dead. Because experts found something else at the gravesite. What? An extra head and two extra <laughs> hands. Shut up. Could you imagine? There's just some random head just and hands Just random limbs. Well, were they Danny Fry's? The head showed a single gunshot wound to the base of the skull. Okay, this is what I find to be so weird. What? Scientists used photo super imposition technique. Yeah, like superimposed. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. For identification. So they believed the skull was Danny Fry's, right? So what they did was like they took the skull and took a photo of Danny Fry and like overlaid them together and was like, looks like a direct match. But, like, okay. why wouldn't they use dental records? I was like, that doesn't like, seem very scientific. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, That's yeah. what they did. Yeah. Like, they looked at, like, the distance between the eyes, and they looked at the measurements of the mouth and stuff, but there's got to be a better way to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I was so confused by it. The concern now here is that they know that the O'Hares were killed for revenge, but what about Danny Fry? Why was he killed? What, yeah, why do they chop his head off? So after kidnapping the O'Hares... Water forced John to withdraw $600,000 from the atheist bank account, and then he took him to the jewelers to buy the gold coins. The police believed that the O'Hares were already dead by the time that Danny impersonated John to sell his car. But why was Danny Fry killed? Why? The answer? His drinking. Huh? Danny Fry's drinks a lot, and when you drink... Loose lips sink ships. Sure do. The police Snitch. believe that Danny Fry was talking too much to too many people and David had to shut him up. Uh, but David made several crucial mistakes of his own. Like what? Although he cleaned the room with water and bleach, they still find the ti- they still found that tiny speck of blood three years later. And by re- and removing Danny's fries and hands did not stop the identification of him. And then I find this to be hilarious. Tell me. After getting the $600,000 from the O'Hares, he didn't even have time to spend any of it before it was stolen from him. What an idiot. He put all the money in a storage locker in Austin, and three random guys in San Antonio were just breaking into random storage units to steal old TVs and just happened to stumble upon a suitcase full of half a million dollars in gold. (laughs) Could you imagine? I mean. Finding that? Jackpot. Jackpot. Pot. Did those thieves get caught? I guess because they know someone took it. Uh, okay. Like you and I mean. All right. That's like Storage Wars dream. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if you won that in an auction That'd and you s- find $600,000 in gold. Because wouldn't that be worth more than 600000 in time? Like they always say put your money in gold or does it just keep its. I don't. Value? Well, it goes up in value. Like the price of gold goes up. So yeah, I think it can appreciate. So what do you think he was sentenced to? Life in prison. 80 years in prison. Yeah. But want to know what's wild? That Remember he didn't Gary get the death Carr? Remember how there was wild. three guys, Gary Carr? So there was, there was Waters, David Waters. There was the other guy that got killed, Danny Fry. And then there was Gary Carr. There was three of them. Yeah. Gary Carr was also an accomplice. He was sentenced to life in prison. Why? They don't say. Why did what was the but the other guy got eighty years? Did I totally miss this? Why did he kill him? Because for revenge after the article she wrote about him being gay. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I totally missed that. That's literally why. 
That's crazy. Right? But Gary Carr fully admitted to his role in the entire thing, and he said that he assisted in dismembering the bodies and hiding them. So he got life in prison. That seems a bit extreme. Right? As an accomplice? Yeah. And the other guy only got 80 years? Well... Isn't that crazy? That was Why wild. did you kill all three? It's, like, I don't understand why you just wouldn't kill Madeline. Yeah. It seems like such a drastic crazy, take. drastic reason to yeah. kill somebody. Right? Because well, you got fired? I guess if, like, you literally were on the down and out, so it ruined your life, and you had to pay back $50,000. Well, sir, you're the one that did it. You did the crime. You did the time. You stole from somebody. From the atheist. Yeah. Wow. They don't believe in that. Turn the other cheek bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I got for you today, guys. That was a good one. It was a good one, right? Weird. It was weird. Also, I want to know more about what she did to separate church and state. Yeah, I want more about her. Now it's going to cause me to read a and little. And like, re- she wrote articles in Hustler. Was it mostly about that? Or about atheism? Oh. You know what I mean? Like, what did your articles, articles on? about? Good question. I think there's a documentary out there about her. Probably. I, I mean, th- to be the most well-known atheist, atheist of course yeah. there is. 100%. Sure. All right. Well, we're going to have to check it out. Until next time. Bye. Bye.